It's amazing. I know for a fact as I stand here alive and breathing before you that God is in our midst. Amen? I had no idea what Rex was going to use for communion meditation. If he didn't hear, it was about unity. Mark Durr's call to worship, I had no idea. It works, folks. It works not because of us, but because God is in our midst and His Holy Spirit is guiding and directing. So the word for today is? Yes, if you leave with nothing else, we have now pounded it into your heads, or will have here in a few moments, by three different people from the Word of God. Word of God. Now, I want to start where I left off a little earlier because I just want to make sure you, and I know some of you actually understand this maybe more than some of the younger ones, all right? In the church, there is the bond of family, yet room for variety. The devil tries to disrupt unity. Two chickens tied to the legs and thrown over a clothesline, may be united. But they do not have unity. Unity. What is it? Oh, we talk about it and preach about it. But do we really understand it? I come to you today to share with you that what we're living and what we're experiencing as a part of East Union Christian Church, as He has blessed us, we're experiencing what God talks about in the Scriptures about unity. We're talking about that A note that Rex talked about. That we're, we may not be right on A here, but we're getting close to it. And it's not because of us. It's because of us yielding ourselves and our spirit to let God be the leader and the driver of ministry here. We have the goal of doing what He wants us to do, not what we want to do. We have the, the observation and the intentionality of letting Him and His will be done versus making it comfortable for us and where we've always been. No, He wants to take us where He needs us to go and wants us to go. And let me back up. He doesn't need us to do anything. He wants us to. Because He's God. He could pick anybody and anything at any time to do His will. But we are honored, honored folks, that He is in our midst and has chosen us to help guide and direct and complete and fulfill His will by sharing the gospel. That is an honor, isn't it? To be chosen by God, to be a part of His ministry, the urgency of His ministry, to take the message of the Scriptures to people everywhere. Unity. Common goal. It's more than a common goal. The world looks at unity as just that. People that want to accomplish the same thing. But spiritually speaking, unity in the church is more than just a common goal. As the video shared with us, 
It's more than just having a goal. It's seeing the individual parts that are unique in and of themselves being allowed to come together as the ingredients to do what God has called us to do. Each piece or each ingredient contributes to the goal that is set out for you and I by none other than God. This is not a man-made goal. It can't be. If it is, it will fail, and we have seen it fail time and time and time again inside the church and outside the church, in groups and in individual lives, in families, in business, in anything. When we strive to do it all in our own strength, we will fail. Oh, we might make it look good for the world. We can do that because we're pretty good fakers. But when the heart is pierced and the veil is torn away, and we're standing before Almighty God, there is none of that that will exist. He will see it as it has been, is, and will be. And upon that, he makes his judgment. Framework to house all the ingredients, all the differences being brought together, individuals still together in cooperation. How are they brought together? By a skilled creator, by God. You see, I believe you are here this morning by God's ordaining majesty. He knew you were either going to be here or not be here. And he knew that it could change as of this morning, but he still knew even if you changed your mind this morning, you were either going to be here or not be here. Blows our minds, doesn't it? He knows the end result, and he knows the path to that end result. So believing that, as I do, then we are all supposed to be here. And there's a purpose for us to be here. Maybe it's in fellowship. Maybe it was seeing somebody you haven't seen or to be encouraged by somebody that you hadn't talked to for a while. Maybe it's a piece of music that was picked days ago that spoke to you because of something in your past. Maybe it was to be here just in the solitude of the building itself. Maybe it was the communion meditation that you were meant to hear, and that was your purpose for being here. Maybe it's in the message that we'll share today from the Scriptures. But whatever the purpose, I truly believe you're here because God wanted you to be here for some reason. And together, as the ingredients, we are brought together so that we can become united united in Jesus Christ, so that when we leave here, even though we leave as separate individuals with separate unique qualities, we leave with the one common goal, and that we experience while we're here, so that we can take it out there to the world to share Jesus. You see, we don't have to be just here to be unified. Spiritually speaking, we are unified wherever we go, no matter the distance between us, 
or what's going on in our lives. Because we are constantly, when we name the name of Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, we are then bound in unity with Him. And by being bound in unity with Him, we are then bound together as the body of Christ. No matter where we go, with each other here and with all those others who have named the name of Jesus. Amen? we got a big unity party going on. Did you know it? Churches all over the world today, we are united with them as we share in worship and as we share in ministry. Unity. It becomes a delicious blend of unity when we find unity together in Jesus Christ. Open your Bibles, turn your Bibles on. Let's see what God's Word has to say. Don't listen to me. Let's see what God's Word has to say. First, from the Old Testament, the book of Psalms. Psalms 133, 133, 133 Psalm. I love to hear the rustling pages and the clicks of turning them on. Psalm 133, verse 1. This psalm is an, a, a psalm of excellency, of brotherly unity. And we're going to read in verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The psalmist says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. What? For brothers to dwell together in unity. There is a blessing in unity. Now, let's begin our trek through the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Mark Durr, when you started to say 2 Corinthians, and then you got the three in there, I thought, oh my gosh, we chose the same scripture too. Close, but still same book. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and reading in verse 11. Finally, my brother, now this is the end of this letter of 2 Corinthians, so he ends the letter by saying, finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace, what? will be with you. Unity. After Paul has preached on so many things in, in all the chapters before here, he wraps up the letter with this, this thought. Finally. He was a good preacher, wasn't he? Because they're probably all sitting there waiting for lunch. So he sees them getting a little nervous out there, and he says, finally, and they're going, oh, okay, pay attention. And so they've now come out of their slumber and sleep from the rest of the sermon and the rest of the letter. He says, finally, they perk up, so he's going to nail them one more time, right? And so what does he say to them? Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And what? By doing so, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Unity brings the love of God and peace to us. Individually in our lives, as we find unity with Jesus, 
And as a congregation, as a part of his body, when we strive for unity, and we have to strive for it, folks, because the devil, as was said earlier in this quote that I read twice already, the devil wants to disrupt the body of Christ, and if he can disrupt unity and cause chaos, then he wins because we're all so focused on the chaos that we forget that we are but united in Jesus because of our faith and trust and hope and belief in him. Even when we disagree, we have unity, yes? You see, unity is not determined by agreement. Unity is determined by a relationship that you personally have chosen with Jesus Christ. And from that completeness, that wholeness, we can find the love of God and peace. You see, we're searching for, for things that are named the same thing in all the wrong places and in all the wrong ways. You see, if we're not at peace as the body of Christ, then where will there be peace? If we're not at peace within the church, then how can there be peace in the world? Because true peace, true peace begins in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So we could take a step back and say, well, that's why there's so much chaos in the world. It's because many, 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 many people have not come to that saving decision of accepting Jesus Christ. So they're trying to create their own peace, each one of them in their own way. And guess what? When we all try to create our own peace, sometimes it overlaps, and that's not what's going to help somebody else have peace. And so what do we do? We then create chaos. Unity is central to us being able to do what God wants us to do. It does not mean that we have to all agree or not have Differing opinions. It said in the video and beyond that we're all different ingredients, unique in qualities that we have, but we come together and then through our unity in Jesus, he molds those even more together so that we can truly do what God wants us to do. And guess what? God's got a job for us to do. Amen? Yes. He wants you. He wants me. He wants us. He wants East Union to strive and to do what he wants us to do so that his body will perform at its absolute best. And unity is a part of it. Look, just the next book, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. God's word says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek, nor is the... There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, the world wants to take all these separations that Paul mentioned, or that is mentioned here in chapter or verse 28. We want to make those all separate entities. And we're told in God's word that, hey, flat out, there is nothing, but we are all together and one in Christ Jesus, no matter our gender, no matter our race, no matter our opinions, no matter our thoughts, no matter our families, no matter the country we live in, none of that comes first and forward to God. We are one in Christ Jesus. 
Flip to the a couple books later, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Looking at verse 1 and 2, but we're going to read through 11 because it just is the whole package, and we want the whole package this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 first. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction and compassion, he goes on then to say, make my joy complete. By what? By being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Now to give the rest of the, the, the thought here, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. There's a novel idea, right? Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also is in Christ Jesus, who, now he's going to talk about Jesus here, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen, amen, and amen. Unity. God will have unity. We're either going to go peacefully with him to find this unity or kicking and screaming he'll take it anywhere but the guarantee that god makes as at the end there will be perfect perfect unity and my theory is is let's start experiencing it today and how does it happen it does not happen in any one of us individually, but it happens as each of us make individual decisions to follow Jesus Christ. And as we yield and surrender our individual life to him, we then are bound together in that unity that will allow us, allow us to be a part of God's will being accomplished in the world today. Wow, that's a pretty cool thing, amen? Amen? Yeah. I tell you what, Terry and I went to two 4-H fairs this week. We saw more excitement in the, the swine ring, to say it right, the swine ring and the goat ring. We can get excited. It was fun. We had never, Terry and I had never watched a goat show before. Boy, Allie Delph, she just, she could just 
her husband better watch out. <laughs> but we can get excited, folks, about everything. But when we come in here, we're the most reserved people ever, aren't we? We'll barely cough nowadays for fear everybody'd leave. It's okay to be excited about what God's called us to do. It's not about what Mark's called us to do. Forget him. It's about what God Almighty, it's just a message flowing through because I have the gift of gab. It's about what God has called you to do. First and foremost, do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you don't, then you need to figure that out first because if you don't know him and life ends for you, you're going to go to hell. The world don't want to hear it. And I'm going to tell you what, even if they don't believe all of it, I believe all of it, it's going to not be a nice place. If you think 90 and humid is bad in Indiana in the summer, just multiply it because it's going to be really, 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 really hot. I believe that. That's what the Bible says, yes? Yeah, that's it. And the truth is, if we believe this is the absolute truth and that's what it says, it's going to be bad, folks. So your first decision is to know where you stand in Jesus Christ. If you know where you stand in him, if you're not with him, you need to get with him. But if you know you're with him, then you need to get on board the train of this perfect unity that is found when we all together are united in our saving knowledge of Jesus. Yes? And then when we're there, it doesn't mean we're just in the gate so we're good and we don't have to worry about anything else and just hope the best for everybody else. Hope they follow me. Do you even pray for him? Boy, I sure hope there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch, you know. We don't want to leave anybody behind, do we? Do you care enough about everybody else that's not, that doesn't know Jesus, that they get to know Jesus? Well, guess what? You may be the one instrument in their path that helps them come to find Jesus. You know, I watch those judges. Man, they, they got the gift of gab too, don't they? I, I, and I'm sure they're all professionals and know exactly what they're talking about. But I just think near the end of the show, they're probably just going, yep, that, yeah, this group right here, this one's got a little bit longer frame and the rack's this way and the, the hips are this way and yeah, it may not be clean, but it, it looks pretty good. And this, I just can't, but can you imagine when we're standing before God and he's judging us? He won't have to think twice. It'll be clear as a bell whether we're with him or against him. And he'll know what we've done willingly and in the right spirit as the scripture puts it for him for his glory and honor and what we've done for us and we all know what the bible says that stuff's just going to burn away and yet we can still be saved but he's going to know so in knowing that because those kids they know what the judge is looking for yes they know right down to the jeans to wear yes and i'm going to tell you what you don't want to have a bad first impression coming out with your animal for the judge from the get-go because you're on an uphill climb then to even place. Yes? Well, with Jesus, we know what the requirements are. With God, we know what the requirements are. And, and, and we can't put it off. So know if you're with him or without him. And once you know that you're with him, then understand that your job is not done and that unity will be done. And we are pulled this together as the body of Christ. Why? So that we look good? No. So that God's will will be done and others will come to know Jesus. That's unity. Folks, that's unity. 
I want to share with you just a few things that just so excite me. I want to tell you first, I love you guys. I do, and I can say that, and somebody say, you don't know me. I can say I love you even though I may not know you real well. And maybe if I knew you real well, I might struggle with I loving you. So maybe it's best that we don't know each other really, really well. But anyway, I can say I love you. Why? Because that's what God says. I need to love God and love others, right? He doesn't give me any out. Mark, it's, you choose, Mark. You choose the five you love the best and accept them, and the rest of them just let them go. That's not what the Bible says, so I have to love. But I want to tell you, I truly love each of you. I love you online. I love you because of what I see happening that nobody else sees. Last Sunday morning, uh, a young a guy younger than me, not much younger than me, so I can't call him a young man. But anyway, he, he was here at church, and he needed something. And I said, well, I think it's in the supply room. Now, if you hadn't been by our supply room recently, you know you barely get the door open or you can't get the door closed because it's just, it's just, it's there. And so I said, well, and the, the craziest supply room I've ever seen, the craziest room I've ever seen, you know, you open the door this way, open the door this way. You know where the light switch is? Back there. If it's dark, how can I open the door and get to the light switch in a supply room that's like our supply room was safely to get it turned on so that I can do what I need to do? It's just not possible. But anyway, I showed him where it was over mounds of stuff. And then he said, I'll take care of Mark. You go do what you got to do. Well, I got busy around church last Sunday morning. All of a sudden, I come back by and the supply room light's still on. I thought, what is going on? This person was in there on a Sunday morning before any of y'all got here organizing our supply room. You can go back there and look at it now. You can get in the door. You can find a light switch. You can actually walk in the room. To some, that may be the smallest thing, but I'm telling you what, that's out of the unity of the love of Jesus Christ. When God's Spirit begins to work in people, and it just happens. Things are happening here that I have no idea, and I just get to hear the good stuff later on of people telling me. Hands and feet ministry, meals being delivered. I get to be the recipient or of the blessings of people that are receiving those meals and saying, thank you very much. The youth group and everything that went on, VBS and all of its greatness, the good things that happened. It wasn't just about what we could see, but what was happening behind the scenes of people working together in unity for the glory of God so that the gospel message could be shared. We have the happy stitchers that are just making these affigans and, and lap throws and stuff like that. This week, we got to deliver three more of those. We heard from the Hilfikers what that affigan did for their family. It's now being passed on. I can't say passed down because she's 101. It's being passed up. But because of their ministry, because those things appear here in certain places that we know to go get them and then to deliver them as God lays it on our heart, things are happening. God's touching people's lives. The women's Bible studies that are going on here week after week. The Sunday school program that we're having issues trying to figure out, do we have rooms big enough? That's a God-great problem, amen? Through the Bible in a year, many of you still tell me you're, you're on that path to read through the Scriptures and continue to read through the Scriptures. Whether you're ahead, on time, or behind, it doesn't matter. You're in the Word of God and changing your life because you're letting God speak to you. Our worship team, they do a fantastic job each week. And they just 
let God's spirit flow through. The men's gathering yesterday with over 20 people here. Missions. Did you understand that East Union Christian Church, this rural congregation out in the country that's denoted by Lisa's pie shop, has budgeted over $38,000 to outside missions. We're feeding people. We're digging wells. We're providing things for college kids and stuff like that. Why? Because together in unity, we're fulfilling what God wants us to fulfill so that these things are possible. They would not be possible if you didn't feel some unity with Jesus that spurred you on to participate in these and to be selfless in your giving of your life in time, talent, or means so that other lives could be impacted for Jesus. The, the facility is in great shape. The yard is beautiful. People stop and say, man, you guys have such a nice place. Trustees, thank you. It all matters, folks. It really does to the simplest of things. It's impacting people's. If you haven't looked around, we got a few more pews filled right now. Because why? Not because of us, but because God's drawing people here because of His Word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Our leadership is focused on not doing what we have been doing or what we want to do, but on finding out what God wants us to do and stepping out of our comfort zones to go where God wants us to go. We're seeing young people, middle-aged people, old people, senior saints, and everybody in between. I think by, by December, if my calculations are going to write, we're going to need to, we're going to double the size of the nursery. Amen, Sarah? And, and Mary Beth and Shelby online. We're, we're going to just increase the size. Hey, hey, however it takes us to grow the body of Christ, we'll go there. Amen? We will. Not long ago, we sent out 100 notes of encouragement. I still continue to hear from people that receive those notes. Our next goal will be 150 notes of encouragement. Why? Just so we can have one bigger? No, because we want to reach 50 more people. That's what Jesus wants. Unity. It's so important. It's important in our own life that we're unified. One, as an individual with Jesus Christ. Two, it's important that we find unity in our family. Three, it's important that we find and have, for sure, unity in our church. But unity in our church or unity in our family will only happen when we have unity one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. And that's your decision. Can't carry in. I would. I'd try. Not allowed. You got to decide on this side. Different ingredients, each unique. Brought together by a skilled creator, each piece contributes. They become, those ingredients, those unique ingredients become something wonderful. A delicious blend of unity. Unity in Jesus Christ. I want to share this scripture to end with today. From the book of 1 Corinthians, and actually the one Mark chose, chapter 3, but we didn't know each of us were going to do this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It's coming from the New Living Testament. Don't you realize that all of you together 
are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God lives in you.